Hello and welcome to another edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia. Of course, I am your mayor of PHNX. And just to clarify again, again, not your mayor of Phoenix. So please stop asking me questions about the Super Bowl experience and things happening in downtown. People have parking questions. They have there. so many they, parking they, questions they for me. Advice. And then they're not even going to listen to me. She's going to ask me where the parking garage behind the AMC is that I park in every day and then not follow my directions. That's on you. <laughs> is Don't that ask a real, me directions. Is that a real story? That's that a that real actually story happened? that happened yesterday. <laughs> it's wild. But this guy over here, he's my vice mayor, the one and only Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. Pitchers and catchers in one week, Derek. Pitchers and catchers in one, one week. It's getting I real. I don't even know what we're going to do with ourselves. I don't even know when we're going to do this show because we're going to be out there. Are we going to change the schedule? Should we might we, have to change the should schedule. Should we announce yeah. that now or wait till a later time? I don't know. But we thank you guys for being here. Of course, this show is brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Uh, and we are very excited to be joined by a man uh, who I have been lucky enough to uh, work around for a number of years covering the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, he absolutely makes the D-backs beat the best beat to cover. Be careful with your words. I know. Okay. Well, right. I'm was, just saying it's true. But uh, <laughs> he, his his joy for baseball is infectious, and we're just pleased to have him here. It's Steve Gilbert from MLB.com. What's happening, Steve? Finksers, it's great to be with you guys today. How is everything going? Uh, your, your nickname of Finksers is uh, one of my favorite, but everything is going great, sir. Uh, I guess, how was your offseason before you disappear into baseball for the next nine months? Uh, it, it feels like it's uh, kind of flown by is what yeah, it feels right? like. You know, it's, it's, uh, it always feels like the, the offseasons go quick and, and sometimes the seasons go fast, but uh, of course, 2021 felt like it lasted about six years. So yeah, yeah, uh, it kind of depends on how that goes. Right. I was going to say, by comparison, how does it feel for you to get back to a, a normal offseason for the first time? In yeah, you know, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, I was just thinking this is going to be the first normal spring training we've had since uh, the start of 2020, but really right. 2019. And, and then, you know, you had the lockout last year and, and all kinds of different uh, disruptions. Um, so yes, be great to get back at it. Great to, uh, to, to have it be normal again. No, no labor disputes, yeah. hopefully no <laughs> virus, uh, interruptions and right. uh, we can, no more masks wearing in the clubhouse. So that'll yeah. be good. Yeah, that's 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 something I like felt like wasn't going to end. It's like that and the Zoom calls. I was like, is this going to be permanent? Because this feels like <laughs> this is too easy for them to do it this way. But uh, speaking of the offseason, the D-backs made some moves during their offseason. The biggest one, obviously, being uh, the trade of Dalton Varsho to the Blue Jays for one of the best catching prospects in Major League Baseball and Gabriel Moreno. What were your thoughts on this particular move and how it impacts kind of the young core that they're building towards right now? Well, it seems to kind of fit, you know, the, another young player, another another top-rated prospects. I, I've been listening to your guys' show, and I've heard you talk the last couple of weeks about all the different prospect rankings and and how the Diamondbacks have so many guys ranked in the top 100, top you know 20, top 30. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that kind of fits with with the timeline and the time frame that, that they're in. I think, um, you know, getting Guriel kind of helps them this year a little bit, kind of offset the loss of, of Varsho. I think that's kind of uh, – I'm, I'm really curious to see how the loss of Varsho plays out in the clubhouse because he mm -hmm. was, as you guys know, uh, real popular in there with his teammates. He won the Luis Gonzalez Award, which is voted on by not just the players, but the, the staff and, and the people around the ballpark. 
um, in terms of, you know, who's, who's the, the, the best player to, to be around. So uh, I think they'll miss some of that. Um, but it, uh, it'd be interesting to see because Moreno is supposed to be an outstanding catcher. And that's a, that's a hole the Diamondbacks have, you know, kind of had as far as depth in the, in the organization goes. Steve, this obviously isn't the first time that you've seen this this team have some top prospects, right? Going back a few years, the D-backs farm system was also very, very good not that long ago. Uh, and things didn't necessarily pan out for, for a lot of those guys. Do you feel the need in your role to kind of tap the brakes a little bit, you know, help fans understand realistically what what expectations should be for some of those guys? Or do you think that this widespread optimism for this team really is warranted right now? Well, it, it sure seems like it's warranted right now. Uh, but again, like you, you just never know how guys pan out. It, it, it's I remember when, you know, I'm dating myself now, but, you know, when when John Patterson and Nick Beerbrot uh, and Brad Penny were going to be the I'm sorry, Jesse, it's probably before you were born. Wow, you were they, they were going to be dating yourself. Right now. Yeah, they, they, they were going to be the, the, the big uh, they were going to be the, the big three for the Diamondbacks. And, and you know. Uh, Brad Penny ended up having a, a very good career, but the the other two, you know, the other two guys didn't necessarily. So I mean, you just never know. Uh, it certainly seems though, like a guy like Corbin Carroll, um, sure seems can't miss. But uh, you know, we've seen guys, uh, younger players. It's that's why you want to have a lot of them because uh, some of them are going to fall by the wayside, and and the more depth that you have, and the more of them that you have, and I think that's kind of the way they've built this farm system is to continue to kind of try to have waves and, and depths of, of guys coming up. Do you remember a time that the D-backs had a position player like Corbin Carroll that was this highly ranked ever in their existence? Like, it feels like I've never really... Justin s- Upton, maybe? maybe? Justin Upton was what I was going to say. Yeah, Justin yeah. Upton maybe would be, you know, Travis Lee was a big deal back in the day. I mean, he was, yes. Yes, he was. You know, that was a, that was supposed to be a, a real coup that they signed him and they spent a lot of money for him. Um, and again, like that was before some of these rankings were as popular as they are now and and as widespread as they are now. So it's hard to know, like, you know, what the hype was with some of those guys back then, but Justin Upton kind of jumps, jumps to mind. Um, and, and maybe a guy like Travis Lee. It blows my mind, Steve, just like the depth of knowledge that you have about this baseball team being in the role that you've been for as long as you have been, right? I mean, you're talking about Brad Penny and Travis Lee and all, all these guys that I barely remember, if at all. Um, but I'm curious, Steve, uh, just like from from your years of experience being on the beat and, and doing what you do uh, with the Arizona Diamondbacks, do you have any fun stories that just kind of stand out over the years that, that you could share with our audience? Well, I mean, there's there's so many. I, if I had to pick a couple off the top of my head, um, in 2001, uh, I was in Philadelphia. It was one of my first ever road trips, and I had a rental car. And this was back, uh, Jesse, just for your information, the Phillies played <laughs> in a stadium called Veterans Stadium. I, I was aware. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay, so I was headed through the lobby to go to the parking garage and get my car to drive to to the ballpark and Luis Gonzalez was sitting in the lobby waiting for a taxi cab. Again, this is before Ubers. Um, <laughs> and he said, Hey, do you mind if I get a ride with you to the ballpark? And I said, no, sure. This, this was August probably of, of uh, 01. And we're driving to the ballpark. And again, before GPS and before all that, you know, so I had a rough idea of where I was going and trying to follow some directions, but I was going more on feel, and that was a that was a big mistake. This was a mistake. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Gonzo gets on. We get you know we get on the road, and Gonzo's got his little flip phone, and he's on the phone talking to somebody about something, and I'm making turns here and there, and 
suddenly we look up and and it looked like you know we could see rocky running through at any moment it was one of those kind of neighborhoods and <laughs> uh, gonzo took his phone down looks over at me and asked if i knew where i was going although it was a little <laughs> more colorful than that and uh, i heard him on the phone going yeah i don't know if i'm going to get to the ballpark i don't know what this guy's doing i don't know where he's going um so <laughs> we finally make it to the ballpark right i don't, don't know how but we made it to the ballpark he got there that night he hits a home run into the upper deck of veteran stadium becoming like one of eight guys ever to do that or wow, whatever God. small group of guys so of course post game i go in there and the first thing he does he comes running up to me and he goes you have to give me a ride to the ballpark tomorrow and we have to take the exact <laughs> same route when there was no chance we were going to be able to take the exact same route because I have no idea how we even got to the ballpark. But sure enough, I did drive the next day. No home run. So, no home run. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. The magic wore off. It's because you didn't get lost. If you gotten lost, then you would have totally hit three home runs that day. Oh, man. That that's is true. I, you, guys, you guys remember how intense Todd Stottlemyre was. I got him lost going to uh, Pro Player Stadium in Florida when he was uh, – had to get there early to throw a side session while he was rehabbing. And I, I swear I, I thought he was going to absolutely wish my <laughs> It's a, it's a it's a tall task. It's a lot of responsibility getting them there. Um, all right. Well, I guess as a baseball fan in general, one of the things we wanted to we're wondering is what your thoughts are on the rule changes uh, and how it's going to impact the game. Hey, I'm a big fan of the rule changes. I, I think that uh, I, I'm not a fan of the shift. I, I think it's kind of made for some some boring baseball. Like, yeah. you know, guys now just trying to hit homers. Um, and again, you know, you kind of get used to a, a ground ball at the middle is a base hit. And now it's like right at somebody or a, a shallow line drive to right field. You're thinking, oh, hey, base hit. Nope. Second baseman's right there. to yeah. catch <laughs> So I think that's going to be great. I, I went down last year to the minor leagues to do a story on Corbin Carroll. And I watched a couple of triple A games. And those the, those puppies were done in like 235, 240 with the pitch clock. So I came back to Phoenix uh, singing the praises of that pitch clock. <laughs> Quick I baseball games for the win. Yes. yes. Nobody I, loves know, just, the pitch clock more than a beat writer, right? <laughs> and and I think fans are going to love just the pace. Of, you know, it just there is so less wasted uh, wasted time with that. So I, I thought that that was. Uh, I'm a big fan of that. I know some of the veteran pitchers are a little nervous about that and, and, yeah. you know, maybe don't like it, but I think for all of the rest of us, it's going to be good. Ian Kennedy and I had a few debates about that last year. I'm like, man, I just watched some triple A baseball and it was so much more entertaining <laughs> than, than, than watching three and a half hour baseball games. No kidding. Well, it's like, we saw the, the challenge system in place at the Arizona fall league game. Right. And like, yeah. that was more fun than I thought it would be because not only did they have it down to it being very quick, so it doesn't really delay the game much, but I wasn't expecting these huge ovations from whichever dugout won the challenge. And it was like fun. Like it added to the game. It was kind of hilarious the way that they were treating it. You could tell they were just kind of playing it up and, and like making fun of this situation, but it was still great to have this like cheer, you know, from the home yeah. dugout because they got a strike that wasn't called a strike, but. Uh, and I, and I think, I think we, I think we forget too, how, how quickly we become uh, adapted to the rules. For right. instance, again, when yeah. I was down there last year for the triple A game, um, the Albuquerque manager came out to argue a call at second base. And I was like, what the heck's he doing out there? Like, you don't <laughs> argue those, just, just challenge them. But they don't have challenges in the minor league. So, you know, you quickly forget that, oh, yeah, we don't see many arguments on the bit. We don't see any arguments on the base right. paths anymore in, in, in situations like that. So mm -hmm. we adjust to those things pretty quickly. 
Going back to the off season real quick, uh, we don't have a crystal ball around here, Steve, but I know that you do. So, uh, so do you do you foresee? Obviously, the the D backs have taken care of a lot of the the biggest needs that they had over the off season. They did do some things to add to the bullpen as well. Uh, but I think a lot of people are maybe looking at the bullpen as as an area they could continue to add. And I know Mike Hazen has also talked about potentially wanting to add there more already. Do you see that potentially happening? Uh, in this you know next few weeks leading up to the season uh, i will get to that in a second but you just reminded me of another really good story when you said crystal ball and, and okay uh, great let's yeah go. let's do it <laughs> randy, randy johnson uh there was a particular writer who will just not name who used to ask randy johnson questions and, and randy hated to speculate about things and so randy a number of times answered with you know i'm not nostradamus i don't have a prediction <laughs> look into that i don't have a magic eight ball he said one time and i remember then this was in spring training in tucson and i went scurrying around looking for who sold magic eight balls so i could get him a magic <laughs> eight ball that he could keep in his locker and the next time he, he pitched afterwards the guy asked him a question and randy reached in the back of his locker and pulled it out and anyone who's been around the beat knows that of course, everyone knew that that was something I had done. Not yeah, something yeah. <laughs> knew, knew who the prankster behind that was for sure. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, but getting to getting back to your, your serious question here on on baseball, um, yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting to see what I, I think they've they've added a lot of depth to that bullpen and given themselves yeah. a lot of options. I'm not sure that they added a, a ton of you know. I, it's hard to say that they. Uh, they added somebody with a, a really what's the word I'm looking for? Like a low floor. I think, you know, I think there's some guys that have potential to have high ceilings. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how they all do. I think th- they're kind of banking on the fact that uh, out of quantity will come quality. And yeah. uh, the bullpen is always so hard to predict from year to year. I mean, they thought they were in great shape last year when they signed, um, you know, two veterans that had a proven, uh, right. track record in, right. in Ian Kennedy and Mark Melanson. And, and it seemed to make sense, right? Like, okay, we're not going to, you know, go with unproven guys. We're going to go with some guys that have had success. And it, it, you know, it didn't necessarily work out for either of those guys last year. And so um, this year, who's, who's to say who could step up, you know, maybe this is the year Kevin Ginkle uh, steps up and, and uh, yeah. becomes their closer, or, or one of the guys that they acquired, puts it together and, and has an outstanding season. So we'll, we'll, we're going to have to see on that. I don't know that they're going to do anything between now and the start of the, the regular season, though. Oh, my goodness. there's you couldn't, e- you couldn't even give us the courtesy of coming into our studio? That's how much you're embarrassed of me? Come on, man. <laughs> I didn't recognize you without your U of A hat on there, man. What's going on? <laughs> That's so good. It's all right, Steve. There's still time to make it right. Yeah, we can, yeah, we can get you down here. We'll have you in studio at some point. Yeah, right, yeah I'm definitely going to put me down for definitely coming down there. Just let me know what Saul's off days are, and I'll, I'll make sure. <laughs> We will do that. We'll make you sure guys certainly don't have enough gear. fun. You guys don't have enough fun down there. That's, that's, that's right. <laughs> fun oh, here, Saul. This is for Saul, my, my pat. There you go. Perfect. There you go. There you go. Love it. Well, uh, one of us is the realist here, and one of us tends to be a little bit more optimistic. Um, considering the D-backs' <laughs> playoff aspirations, it feels like things are still a little bit bleak because it feels like a lot of the playoff uh, kind of positions are already occupied by teams like the Mets, 
Padres and Dodgers, even though we haven't even started the season yet. So uh, it feels like the likely path to the postseason for Arizona is to beat either the Phillies, the Brewers, the Giants, or the Cubs at, for for maybe the final playoff spot. Is is that a reasonable view, view for 2023, or is that still being a bit too optimistic considering where this team's at? Uh, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily too optimistic if things all break right for them. I think they could they they could certainly be in in playoff contention. I mean, if you're telling me that that, that Corbin Carroll's gonna you know have a good year, that Jake McCarthy's gonna build on what he did last year, that Alec Thomas's swing is is gonna be you know more like what they saw when he first came up as opposed to you know towards the end of his time last year. If Evan Longoria is going to be a contributor, if, if Christian Walker's healthy and delivering what he did last. I mean, there's all those things that you could make a case. And I think that's, you know, for, for most teams um, heading into this, except for, you know, five or six or a handful of teams that, that maybe yeah. go and no, no chance. And and you don't want to be one of those teams where where it's no chance. And I right. don't think they have. Right. I, I think that's not the Diamondbacks. I think they do have a have a chance at making a playoff. So it, it's going to be exciting to to kind of watch and see how these young guys come through. And it, I think a lot of it's going to depend on, you know, how they perform. And also some of the guys you're counting on, the veterans, whether it's a Zach Gallon or Merrill Kelly, you know, can Madison Bumgarner bounce back? There's always uh, going to be fun things, I think, to, to watch this year. Uh, Steve, I'm I'm curious what you what you think about uh, the situation moving forward with baseball at large. Obviously, expansion has been uh, a topic in in recent years, and the possibility of baseball going from 30 to 32 teams. I don't know if you saw yesterday, but Jim Bowden uh, from the Athletic put out a hypothetical look at what new divisions around baseball could look like if we went from 30 to 32 teams. Theoretically, there'd be some uh, some movement on that front. Is it? Is it crazy to think that there could come a day when the Arizona Diamondbacks are no longer in the same division as the Dodgers and the Padres? Obviously, there's a number of different ways that you could, you know, figure out who goes where in in those divisions. But do you think that is a possibility at some point? I mean, it, it, it certainly seems like it could be if they expand, and it seems like they're trying to continue to blur the lines between the American and National League. I mean, it used right. to be such a sacrosanct thing where it was, you know, yeah. you didn't, you just didn't play, and then okay, we had, you know, I was with the Brewers uh, with with Bud Selig when the when all the uh, interleague play came came out, and that was wow, I can't believe we're going to have interleague play, <laughs> and and now we don't think twice about it, right? So again, it's one of those things that we adjust to, so. Uh, I, I definitely think that the balanced schedule helps the Diamondbacks a little bit because they they get one fewer series, uh, two fewer series against the Dodgers and the Padres. Right. I think that certainly will help this year. Again, that's a year to year thing. Who knows where they're going to be five, ten years from now? Um, but I think that that could could seriously help them um, in terms of you know their playoff aspirations. Do you think that schedule is good for baseball, seeing division rivals less and getting a chance to see all the teams in baseball, at least in some way? Look, I'm not happy about it because I lose a trip to San Diego. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, about you're that. right about that. Yeah. All right. And, and, and there's going to be some longer flights. But yeah. putting my own self aside, which is <laughs> very hard to do. Um, Yes, I think it's good for baseball. I think I, I I just think that you know sometimes eighteen games against teams in your own division uh, can be a bit much. I know yeah. people like to see certain teams come to town. Now you'll be able to see the Yankees come to town uh, on a more regular basis. The Red Sox, you know, teams that that we don't normally get to see here in the Valley. Um, I, I think we could all do with a, a few less Diamondbacks Rockies games. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. in particular. All due respect to the Rockies, but you're right about that. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> once you get Especially to about, Coors Field. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's fair. Uh, yeah, once you get to about game number 12 or 13 against the Rockies or, or, you know, I mean, every year there's a couple teams in the division. And I think there's just not much interest in those games. Uh, Steve, I'm curious what you think about uh, kind of uh, continuing with possible changes for baseball moving forward. Uh, Derek mentioned earlier the system that we saw in the Arizona Fall League uh, where uh, players were able to challenge balls and strikes. Of course, there's also the just straight up robo ump situation that we've heard a lot of chatter about for for a long time. Uh, do you have a sense of of which of those might be more likely for baseball to implement moving forward? I, I don't really have a sense of that. I, I uh, I'm a big fan of umpires. I mean, I, I went to uh, I, I did a story and, and embedded with uh, umpires for a week at the umpire camp back in '06. Um, and, and gained a new appreciation when you go behind the plate and strap on on that equipment with no glove <laughs> in a junior college game with guys thrown in like the upper eighties, you start to realize just how hard that job really is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it certainly seems like we're moving towards robo umpires. Again, I don't have any inside, uh, information on that, but, um, it almost gets to the point where now when you have that box up on the screen, it's, it's just no way for umpires to win. I mean, it's amazing how many calls they get right, but the two or three that they miss in a game right. always seem to, uh, to cause the most issues. So I the, think the, that's the, the box is inaccurate, right? Because they're not calling right. the strike zone like that today. But then, like you said, the, the framing makes them just look like absolute, you know, idiots that they can't <laughs> get a call, right. Even though their strike zone that they're calling is different than what's displayed on TV. So and then you're going to see, you know, will will we put less emphasis on catcher framing if uh, if you go to robo umpires? And that's, you know, yeah. a trend in this game where, you you know, you see we'll see it a week from now uh, when the catchers are out there in a bullpen taking uh, taking pitches off a pitching machine and learning how to pull balls up into the strike zone and the best way to, to frame. So that's that's a whole nother evolution in the game. We talked about the biggest storylines for this team heading into the season. Uh, what are your thoughts on what the biggest question is for the Diamondbacks as far as taking that next step uh, from where they were at last year and making it into the playoffs potentially this year? Well, I think, the, the, again, the bullpen is – is it, it comes back to that in, yeah. in large part, you know, and, and can they find some, some people that can – that can shut things down, especially later in games. I think last year there were just too many times where the margin for error was too small. Um, and, and you, you, you lose games, you know, Kevin Towers used to say that, that when you lose games late, it, it counts the same in the standings as losing them early, but it just feels different. It, yeah. it just takes the, the energy and the life out of a team. And I don't know how you quantify that, but he used to say, it was kind of like, you know, you go out to dinner and you have a great dinner and everything's great, and then you got to wait too long for the check, and you're just sitting around, and it kind of spoils your your <laughs> yeah. memory of the yeah. evening. Yeah, like everything else was perfect, but it just took too long <laughs> for the check. <laughs> yes, so you know you, you have a great seven eight innings, and and guys are feeling good, and then they lose. It it just it, I don't know. It just has a different feel than it does if you lose earlier in the game. So I think that's going to be a big thing for them. Um, and, and again, then it, you know the offense too to kind of give them a little bit more margin for error by scoring some more runs. Well, we look forward to seeing you out at Salt River Fields next week, my friend, and excited. Uh, maybe this guy's probably more excited than you and I, but very <laughs> excited for the baseball season uh, to get started next week. Well, it's Christmas morning for Jesse. I mean, yeah, that's what right you're... now, like, like, look at look at that look on his face. I mean, oh, he's, he's so excited. Himself. I mean, 
He's not going to be know, able to sleep had... next Monday or Tuesday. He's just going <laughs> to stay up for 48 hours leading right up to Wednesday. I, I, I guarantee you in Jesse's apartment, he's got a calendar and it's got like little X marks going right <laughs> through that time. Counting down the, you know, the days and the hours until, until he gets to go out. To I've, been, I've been deprived of baseball, Steve. Yeah, yeah. I, won't, I won't take this slander. <laughs> I, I need it back in my life he's, as soon as possible. He's got a possible. baseball advent calendar and he opens up a little <laughs> door every single day. There's a piece of chocolate in there. <laughs> yeah, like, like, like how have you been deprived? Deprived of baseball, it's only been a few months. I, mean, I know. Yeah, on a fall league too. Come on, man. I know. I caught the bug, Steve. I caught the bug. What can I say? Hey, well, man, I'll we... tell you what. We'll we'll beat that audio over the years. Yeah. We'll beat that yeah. enthusiasm right out. We'll have yeah, 162 no games. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> hey, man, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming by, guys. It was a lot of fun. Take care. Thanks, right, man. Steve. And he's the best. And when I say what I said, introducing him, I meant every word about it. Steve <laughs> literally makes doing this job more fun. And yeah. he, uh, he does it with, he just loves baseball. And I mean, it really goes to show that when you do what you love, uh, you only think about how much you don't want to get back to doing it during the off season. That's very short. Right? We didn't that's even it. we we didn't talk about Steve's newsletter, which was arguably oh the most the most important the most yeah. important topic. Yeah, we're gonna have to talk um, to him. Uh, he has a wonderful newsletter. As a matter of fact, most people in the industry, when you bring up Steve Gilbert to them, they go, "Oh yeah, I'm subscri- I'm subscribed to his newsletter." So uh, he has a win the day newsletter that uh, we definitely have to get him back. That maybe we'll use this as a reason yeah. Back now we him. have an excuse to get yeah, Steve Gilbert in studio, back. so yeah. we'll figure out when Saul's off yep. so that they don't fight. And then we'll then exactly we'll, we'll, we'll coordinate it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'll let him know we have plenty of Four Peaks beer in the refrigerator. Got go. restocked yesterday. Uh, Max <laughs> was very mad at me for not helping him. He was doing it so inefficiently. I think he really didn't want your help. Yeah, actually. he didn't that's, want my help, and that's the thing that was driving me nuts. Is he was putting the Wow Weed in one can at a time. Wow Weed is Arizona's number one wheat beer, right? It doesn't deserve. I mean, I guess maybe he was giving it the respect it deserves by putting it in one can. I have a different method. I kind of open up the case, do a little slide and move. It's much slicker than that. It's much faster. Uh, but Max wanted to make sure that every label was pointed forward, and I appreciate him for it because Four Peaks beer deserves that. It is a wonderful the labels beer. are very nice looking. The labels you have are to beautiful. honor the yep. work that the That's right. graphic artist people have done. You're right. They've done and some good work. Like right, like it's much better than the Arizona iced tea can that has the price on it that you know once again devalues <laughs> the the item itself. But uh, Four Peaks Brewery Company beers. There's so many sports sporting events in February. So make sure you have a Four Peaks in your hand at all times whenever attending this stuff. If you hadn't had a chance to try Arizona's number one wheat ale, like I was talking about, it's the Wow Wheat. Come on down to Old Town Boondocks for the tailgate time machine on Saturday, February 11th. Try Four Peaks' newest innovation. It's packed full of Arizona citrus flavor, perfect for light drinking in the desert sun. Must be 21 years or older to enjoy and enjoy responsibly. Uh, And of course, don't stop sending Jesse your suggestions for what furniture he should buy for his house. Uh, it, it's still, things still aren't looking good. It's, it's still looking like chase field over there. And I mean that with all the chase. Uh, but of course, uh, once you tell him what he needs to buy, get yourself some furniture over at morefurniture.com. have it delivered with their white glove delivery service. Uh, we received that here at the office. And of course it was incredible to not have to lift a finger. And not only that, they brought it in and they put it where you want it to go. That was the best part. Uh, asking Saul, like over here, over here, a little bit over here. That's the best part. <laughs> so good. So say big on the best furniture in the valley when you head to morefurniture.com. There is quite a few free agents left on the MLB market, to be honest, Jesse. I'm yeah. kind of surprised by it. I guess more more than surprised, I guess I'm surprised that everything moves so fast during the offseason and then stopped. And now you have kind of this batch of quality players that are still kind of sitting around. 
I imagine that part of it is possibly that their asking price is too high right now for teams that are looking for yeah. kind of a budget, not to call them bargain bin guys because there are very good players left. But it is kind of the it's like the bottom of the barrel. And at this point, it almost feels like teams are trying to wait some of these guys out uh, to maybe lower their price tag a bit and get them get them on signed on, maybe lower the number of years they want. There's yeah, there's a few guys like when I wrote about possible free agent targets for the D-backs uh, a few weeks ago, maybe a month or so ago at this point, uh, some of those guys are still out there, uh, which feels a little crazy because, as you said, there are some pretty decent baseball players that are still out there and they've yeah. just kind of sat for quite a while. The biggest names that come to mind for me, Michael Waka, guy I don't really expect the D-backs to really have any interest in. No. They, they got Zach Davies. Their starting rotation, as we talked about yesterday, is crowded enough as it is, at least on paper. So I don't think they would have any interest there. Uh, but other guys that are still out there, Jerks and Profar, uh, pretty pretty solid player, had a pretty yeah. decent year last year for San Diego. He's still out there. Uh, David Peralta, right? D-backs legend David Peralta, still unsigned, uh, unsigned, I can't speak. Still unsigned at this point. Um, so he's still out there as well, along with a number of relievers. There's Matt Moore, uh, Michael Fulmer, guys that we've discussed that the D-backs could be interested in yeah. at some point. So it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. Still interesting. A couple of other storylines as well. Oh, Andrew Chafin. I don't know if you brought up Andrew, Andrew Chafin, Chafin. There you go. But Andrew Chafin right now is probably one of the highest rated uh, relief pitchers still available on the market. And somebody that I know we would love to bring back. I, I don't know how the feeling is internally within the organization, but I know it's somebody that we've kind of adored as not only being a quality relief pitcher uh, who kind of fixed a lot of his issues once he left here that he had out of the, coming out of the pen, uh, but he's just a tremendous personality, you know? Yeah. Like, it's uh, there's something to be said about somebody like Andrew Chafin coming back to this team. I think, yeah, one, one thing that is holding up the market for Chafin, maybe Matt Moore, other relievers out there, uh, I think I read this from Ken Rosenthal in a story he wrote at The Athletic at one point. Uh, Matt Strom signed with the Phillies for two years and $15 million back in December. And Matt Strom is not necessarily, you know, like a headliner reliever type, right? People don't really view Matt Strom that way. But if you're giving that guy two years, $15 million, then it kind of bumped up the price tag for right. a guy like Andrew Chafin or right. a guy like Matt Moore, some of the others that are out there. And so at this point, I just think there's some... There's some negotiations that have to happen between, you know, agents and, and teams. And those negotiations are tricky right now because the players are saying, hey, look at what Matt Strom got. Um, Ryder, I'm sure there's other players as well that, that could be in that mix as well. But look at who, what so-and-so got, yeah. right? And look yeah. at how my numbers compare to theirs. Right. This is what I think I'm worth. And teams are just kind of waiting this out until eventually maybe those asking prices come down later on. Even Ian Kennedy signed a minor league deal with the Texas Rangers, which just goes to show that even somebody that one season ago was still thought of as a reliable relief pitcher closer Ends yeah. up having a bad season and now finds himself signing a minor league deal with a team instead of yeah you know a, it's a never it's never great when your setup man signs a minor league deal mm. the year after they leave he has not great. he has the lowest lowest WAR of any relief pitcher on the free agent market Ian Kennedy Ian Kennedy yeah I mean I think he had the lowest WAR of any of any reliever in baseball last year at least according to Fangraphs. Don't quote me on that, but I, I want to say I want to say that's accurate. Not great. And like you said, though, the thing here with Matt Strom signing for that much and and looking at his numbers, it does definitely doesn't <laughs> doesn't make it any easier for teams that were looking for some sort of deal when it came to relief pitching on no. the free agent market. And 
like I, I feel like that's currently where we're at, right? Just kind of waiting closer to the season and waiting for those, you know, for some of these guys that are unsigned to get a little desperate, you know. Elvis Andrews still out there. Yeah. 14-year veteran Elvis Andrews who still plays baseball. Still, Blows my mind. Still going to be interesting to see if anybody pulls the trigger on Trevor Bauer. That's yeah, something he's that's still gonna, out there too. I, I I imagine we won't see that, but I believe it or not, I've seen a few fan bases bringing him up and talking about overlooking whatever his past Don't you is. think, though, don't you think that if that was going to happen, it would have happened by now? I like do. if teams were willing I to make that choice, that I don't think do it. I don't think Bauer has a sense of urgency to do it. I think he has a reputation to rebound. Like uh, he's trying yeah. to, you know, so it's kind of one of those situations where sometimes if you just go away for long enough, everybody will kind of forget and they'll look more at the value that you can provide a team than what your past was. Right. I think it'd be an even worse look for a team if they if they weren't going to sign Trevor Bauer, right? They made the decision not to. And then when spring training rolls around, you know, a couple of guys get dinged up or whatever. And then they're like, oh man, we really need a starter. Like if you, if you bring in Trevor Bauer, like out of desperation, uh, like as kind of a last minute play, yeah. I think that the optics of that are even worse. Yeah. So I would be pretty surprised. If yeah. Because it, it. it feels fake. It feels like you didn't sign him originally because you didn't want it. But now the times are tough and you don't have a choice. You're willing to yeah. overlook the moral obstacle here of bringing him onto your team. It's like you you have him. morals, but you're willing to compromise them at a certain right. point. That's right. at least how well, it so, would appear. It yeah. would not it would not look great. Um. Well, anyway, that's not great. Uh, I still wonder. I don't think that any of these guys are going to end up on the Arizona Diamondbacks. I think that's the biggest question a lot of D-backs fans may have is with so many guys available. What will we see? I feel like the Diamondbacks yeah. still don't know how things are going to play out for them internally with the starting rotation, having so many available starting pitchers, who's going to move to the pen, which one of these guys are going to step up and potentially, uh, like Steve Gilbert said, win a role. You know, there's there's yeah. a lot of guys that really could. The The door feels more open this year than last year. And again, you got to realize that the, the closer door didn't close until like halfway through the season. That's when we really started to give up on Mark Melanson. And then the immediate answer was to turn to Ian Kennedy. So I don't feel like the opportunity was there last year for some of these guys to potentially win the closer role like it is this year. Yeah, it's it's open, man. I mean, it's it's out there for the taking. I think maybe Scott McGuff would be like your your favorite, which feels a little crazy to that's say. Wild. I mean, he, yeah, he pitched in is. Japan last yeah. year. Like the man hasn't pitched to the majors in, in eight years now. 2015 was last year that he threw an inning in the big leagues. And I think he threw like four or five of them for the Marlins. So, uh, but I mean, he was a closer last year in Japan. He has 69 saves over the last couple of years. Nice. So I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, nice. um, so, so, so maybe he's your front runner, but I mean, Miguel Castro throws 98 miles an hour. Hasn't necessarily had the numbers to line up with that the last few years, uh, but he did pitch in the postseason last year for the Yankees. So, I mean, maybe he gets a look there too, yeah. but it's open. It's really open. And I don't think the D-backs are going to be in on any of those relievers we mentioned, but I wouldn't say it's impossible. Yeah. I mean, we know they're still no. interested in in acquiring bullpen help. Uh, they don't seem super optimistic about that at this point, but maybe if those asking prices come down a little bit more, then that's something we could see. Is there a deadline for them to add free agents at this point, or can it be something that as they progress down? I don't think could, so. Yeah, they could they could add potentially an arm that doesn't get picked up once the season gets closer. Yeah. Once we get if maybe if they get through spring training and start to realize that they might not have the options they thought they did internally for the bullpen roles, right. they might 
reach out at that point. Might just get, you know, again, they didn't spend that much money this offseason. Their biggest move was that trade uh, to bring in Gabriel Moreno. And it does vastly improve this team, I feel like. But it still wasn't a lot of money being spent by the Diamondbacks. I feel like there is still money uh, in the budget for them to go after one of these guys. I just Maybe. I, I, I feel like it's posturing. You know what I mean? I feel yeah. like this could be posturing. Just trying to show that you don't need them. And yeah, maybe if you want a job, you'll lower your price tag a little bit. I still feel like I mean, that's I, what's going I on. think there's like some desperation that sets in on both sides. Like once you get Correct. once you get into spring training, then players are like, OK, I just need to find a team. And teams are also like, oh, man, our reliever situation does not look very yeah. good. I think we need some help. And you've ever been at the bar at one thirty in the morning. You know <laughs> what this feeling is that he's describing 100 yeah. <laughs> percent. Yeah. options get limited your time is running out we got to make a move here and it, it's on both sides really so yeah i totally get where you're going with that one uh of course we thank you guys so much for being here if you haven't already done so uh please subscribe to the phn exports youtube channel sign up for notifications that way you don't miss when we go live or any of our wonderful shows on the network go live also uh if you're listening to us on your favorite audio podcasting app please leave us a review subscribe if you haven't done so already if you're watching this on YouTube, also subscribe on the audio podcast. I won't tell anybody. You don't have to actually listen to it. Just download it. Just to help us out. <laughs> wink. Uh, also, leave us a thumbs up. That's the best. We're way all can... about artificial. We're all about uh, number yeah, boosting we're just, around here. Look, we're not. Look, <laughs> let's be honest. We're not the Suns and we're not the Cardinals. We know what's happening around here. We need all the help we can get. But we appreciate <laughs> the fact that people love baseball, and we appreciate you guys for being here. Uh, also, if you have uh, signed up already. For a PHNX Diehards membership, we appreciate you and love you for doing so. If you haven't done so already, grab one of those. It's the best membership uh, to be an Arizona sports fan with. You get not only uh, access to um, diehard-only merch, you also get a piece of uh, merchandise like this wonderful hat, this good boy, the good boy Cody behind me, uh, whatever shirt you want from the phnxlocker.com every year that you're a member. Also, you get members-only discounts with our partners uh, and on the phnxlocker.com all the time. Uh, you get uh, members-only invites to some of our events, wonderful parties, members-only uh, merchandise, all sorts of wonderful stuff. Of course, the best thing, access to this guy's diehard newsletter, that the full count, the full count. Great name. Uh, and he gives it's you just all. full count. It's not the full count. See, look at it. Don't you no, dare put an article. It back. It's a terrible of... name and it's a stupid <laughs> fucking article. Don't read it at all. <laughs> uh, anyway, go grab that. Get all the wonderful writing from Jesse, uh, Gerald, Howard, and Craig Morgan. Uh, we love the fact that you guys around here uh, are diehard members. We appreciate you for doing that. Uh, and also, if you want to find a fun place to spend the Super Bowl and don't want to have it at your house, go to Octane Raceway in Mavericks. It's the best place to spend uh, the Super Bowl, especially if you don't care about watching the Super Bowl, right? Like, it's going to be on their big TVs all over the place. They're going to have a Jumbotron. It's going to be great. But if you want to just race go-karts and play video games <laughs> while everybody else is watching the Super Bowl, that's your prerogative to do so at the <laughs> Octane Raceway in Mavericks. So uh, make sure to check out. They have this crazy four quarters of food feast thing where every quarter of the game, they'll bring you food. So maybe that, if you're not paying attention to the game, maybe that's how you stay engaged with the game is by knowing which course you're on. You can have buffalo chicken quesadillas in the first quarter, followed up by fresh seasonal fruit in the second quarter. See, it's not all, it's not, it's, there's grilled vegetables. There's all sorts of options. But of course, in the fourth quarter, you're getting the assorted house-made cookies and ice cream sundae bar. Like, do I need to say any more? Say less, fam, right? Just go down, <laughs> watch the big game at Mavericks with dozens of 4K TVs, a 20-foot Jumbotron, 5,000-square-foot restaurant featuring, featuring a chef-curated menu, the delicious craft beers and custom cocktails, and so much more. Enjoy the Super Bowl experience at Mavericks. Book in advance at mavericks.com slash the big game. 
Did we, you see uh did you see what Mike Farron did to Steve Gilbert's good name on Twitter? Oh yeah, did, I did. Did you see what happened? I did. So so I tweet noted D-backs beat writer legend Steve Gilbert is joining That's the right. show. That's right. And Mike Farron says who? Who? And then Scott Bordeaux uh replies scott bordeaux right arizona former arizona republic columnist legend uh says legend man that's devaluing the word right steve yeah so uh, steve would probably agree that he's devaluing the word legend by calling steve Steve might agree but we don't believe that around here we we believe uh, that steve is every bit the legend that we say he is i've known steve for 12 years and the one thing that i will say the only thing that's ever disappointed me about steve is when when I couldn't be his friend. It was like the popular <laughs> kids in high school, and I was on the outside, and I just wanted to be part of the inner circle so bad. But I uh, love having him on on the show. And, of course, uh, we talked to him a bit about what the new MLB divisions would look like if they did expand. It seems like expansion is something on the horizon for Major League Baseball, and it's pretty interesting looking at how some of these divisions could shake up. Leah, do we have that graphic for the divisions by chance? Yeah, uh, Jim, Jim Jim Bowden went crazy. He did. He went nuts on this. Uh, Midwest, Southwest, Pacific Coast. I kind of like that. Uh, West, East, North, Mid-Atlantic, Southeast. So this gets rid of American League and National League altogether, and we just have eight brand new divisions. Jesse. It's fascinating. What do you think? It's fascinating. Well, so so there's a few widespread criticisms that this has drawn, and we'll get those out of the way yeah. first. So for, for the listeners, for the listeners, uh, we got the oh, mid- yes. Midwest comprising of the Cubs, White Sox, Brewers, and Twins, which is very interesting, especially having the Cubs and the White Sox in the same division against each other. That's fun. That's part of what this would do, right? It would take those those teams that are you know rivals a few, a few miles apart yeah. that are in the NL and the AL, and put them in the same division, yeah. and they'd play each other all the time, like the Rangers and the Astros, both being from texas in the southwest division along with the cardinals that don't make a whole heck of a lot of sense being in the southwest and yeah, the kansas city royals jim definitely took some some liberties uh, from uh-huh. a geography standpoint yeah, for, uh, yeah, yeah for sure. st louis southwest no i don't know no, i don't, I don't even know if i that. consider kansas city to be southwest no i mean those are um, both like definitely midwest i i I would put i would just call that south and then the west one should be southwest the one that says west yeah Yeah. there's a lot of geography confusion here uh the rockies are part of the pacific coast the pacific coast with the (laughs) athletics the mariners and the giants (laughs) meanwhile the angels dodgers and padres are all in the west with the diamondbacks so how do you put that how do you put the rockies in a division called pacific coast i don't and then and you've got, and then you've the got the San Diego Padres in the West. literally has a shirt that says "No Coast Bias." Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. And then you put the Rockies in the Pacific yeah, Coast well, division. Well, there's it. some Coast Bias right there. Uh, I don't like still being in the Dodgers division. That's why I don't yeah. like this. I don't like this proposed realignment one bit because of that. Uh, in the East, you still have the Yankees and the Red Sox hating each other, but now you bring in the Vitterall that is the New York Mets and the Phillies. That division is going to implode. The fans are going to yeah. all murder each other, <laughs> and that's how that's going to end right there. Uh, in the North, you have the Reds, the Guardians, the Tigers, and the Blue Jays, which I don't hate that. Yeah, I mean, that seems alignment. fine. Yeah. That seems fine. And they're all like, like that geographically, I guess, kind of makes sense. Like Toronto, Detroit, and Cleveland. Since Like, yeah, they're all pretty... They're on the north part of the country. I think it makes sense. Now, in the Mid-Atlantic Division, we have the Orioles, the brand-new expansion Charlotte. What are they calling them? The Charlotte? 
There's no name. There's just the Charlotte in parentheses expansion. I don't think Jim tried to name the Charlotte baseball. Well, team. I've seen this. I've seen this thing going around. Um, Do you want to name the Charlotte baseball team? I don't want to name the Charlotte baseball team, but I thought I thought I saw a thing going around that actually had a name for what the Charlotte baseball team was going to be called. Uh, it was I don't know. It was something kind of weird, and I wasn't expecting it, but. <laughs> Uh, you know, Howard Balzer had a shirt of it, so I got to find it on Twitter. How about now. the Charlotte Webs? No, do you get it? No, I get it, Jesse, and I hate it. I hate it. I love. I, I love that so Leah much. thinks that's. So I love funny. it. No, I love don't it. Don't encourage him. Whatever you do. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. Uh, the Charlotte. Char- actually, you know what? I hate- <laughs> that's growing on me. Right? It actually be it's the web of a glove. A yeah, it actually makes it actually makes a spider like logo web would jumps. go crazy. Like uh, a, a spider web on yeah. a logo would yeah. go crazy. Yeah, that's true. That's you could true. have the little spider as like the alternate logo, like on the, on patch, the patch or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's all right. I'm kind of with it now. Uh, then also you have the Pirates and the Nationals <laughs> in that division. Uh, then in the Southeast, you have the Rays, the Braves, the Marlins, and the brand new expansion, Nashville Blanks. Yeah, so this Jim is making the assumption that the expansion teams are in Nashville and Charlotte, which is a pretty big assumption because I think some people would maybe say Nashville and Portland would be more likely. Portland has been pushing very strongly for a team as well. The Nashville group, uh, the Nashville group has Dave Stewart attached to it. Antonio, they got a whole on website. Yeah, man. they're serious about. Good that luck stuff. with that. Is that the, as a former uh, from D-backs, we wish you the best in your future endeavors when it comes to the, those two individuals, but. Uh, yeah, it's very interesting, and I think that any moves potentially that could could get the Diamondbacks out of that division would be great. Uh, yeah. Elizabeth likes it. I still I still hate the idea of still being with the Padres. Yeah, so it's D backs, Angels, Padres, Dodgers. I don't like it, which is kind of a war- like that might be worse. Like I, that doesn't really improve things <laughs> at all because you're you're kind of less insulated from the Dodgers and Padres because you're in a four team division instead of a five team division. I guess you throw the Angels in there, which maybe you're not that worried about the Angels, given that uh, Art Moreno is going to be the owner for the foreseeable future. Um, but yeah, I mean, you don't have the Rockies and you don't have the Giants anymore. So I think that might be even more difficult for the D-backs. But this is just, I mean, this is just Jim kind of taking a, a shot in the dark, yeah. right? Nobody really knows. Nobody really knows how this would work. I do think that there, someone else uh, floated around an idea on Twitter. Um, this is from Micah Rumsey, hopefully I'm saying that right. Um, he had the Diamondbacks with the Padres, the Rangers, and the Astros. As the Southwest Division. As like a Southwest Division. So, which makes sense, right? Because you've got like the two Texas teams. And then it's a little weird to pull in the Padres, but they are like they are like a little bit closer to yeah. Phoenix geographically yeah. than like the LA teams would be. And then you'd have Oakland. Giants, San Francisco, or uh, Angels and Dodgers all in one division. And that makes so much sense. Yeah, that's like, that like the Bay so Area sense. plus Los Angeles. That makes sense. And then the Mariners get thrown in with the Rockies, the Twins, and the Brewers as being kind of like a north, north, a north, west. north, northwest, I guess. North, northwest. I don't know. However you want to call it. I would, I would call that one the Pacific Coast still. It's those southwest, west. Uh, no, not west, I guess, because it's the Twins, the Brewers, the Mariners, and the Colorado Rockies. So that's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's a it's a little hard to come up with the names, but I do think that there are there are a lot of different ways that this could go because Arizona is like in this weird spot where it's not part of the Pacific Coast, but it's kind of close to there, right? Obviously, so 
uh, you know, there's a world in which the D-backs are like the one team that gets looped in with all the Pacific Coast teams, which yeah. would be terrible in like a it. lot of ways. Like but there's it. also another, you know, maybe you're maybe you're with the Rangers and the Astros and the Rockies or something like that. So that still a lot seems of like a diff- Yeah, it seems like a difficult division no matter what, because now we're now we're still got San Diego and now we're facing the Houston Astros. All yeah, time. being in a division with the Astros would would be unfortunate, too. But not having both the Padres and the Dodgers. Although I guess in this arrangement we're talking about the D-backs are with the Padres and the Astros, and you could make a case that yeah. that's just as bad as being with the Padres and the Dodgers. So. The point is, is everything's on the table now that we have uh, the designated hitter in the National League. Nobody, no rules matter anymore. Yeah. Now's just a yep. good time to change everything. Bring in the bigger <laughs> bases. Bring in the shift banning. Bring in all this shit. The pitch clock. The new divisions. Just do it all at once. They're gonna do rollover outs, right? So if you turn a you could turn a double play when there's two outs, then give you me, got the first out of the next give me, inning. Give me know? aggregate scoring in a series. I want the score to continue from one game to really? okay. carry over. All right, all right, carry over. Yeah. So is so as a series then just like like it goes in your record is just one game? Is that what you're saying? I don't know. I don't know. We'd have to That's a it lot out. of baseball to play to <laughs> get know. one win or one loss. I don't Three know. Games for one I don't win. know about that, yeah. Derek. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but you can be a winner, whether it's the regular season, whether you're betting on a whole series or an individual game, it doesn't matter. Underdog has your daily fantasy sports and they do daily fantasy sports differently. Uh, match up with five of your friends and the highest scoring squad for the night wins cold hard cash. Forget a whole season. Just beat your friends in one night, take their money and win over at the underdog fantasy. Be the overdog, as Jesse would say, of your group and win some money. Start. It's this easy to get started. Go to underdogfantasy.com. Or download the app, sign up with promo code PHNX, and Underdog will match your first deposit up to $100. So you can draft up to six NBA players with no positional limits, and whoever scores the most fantasy points wins the night. Uh, also, you can win the night, whether you're on the fan- Underdog Fantasy Sports app or not, by also using the Game Time app to get your tickets to your favorite sporting events, concerts, shows, everything you're looking for. Uh, and uh, Game Time, they really are about rewarding procrastinators and that's what we are here for we are here uh to put off things that we have to do until a later time jesse should be jesse should be the face of game time he really should should. i mean not only has he described the app several times it's very aesthetically pleasing it's aesthetically pleasing he's been using it for years i am a procrastinator through and through so i think i'd be a great advocate for them jesse doesn't even know if he's going to illegal pete's yet tonight or not he's still he's keeping us on the fence waiting for our big party tonight (laughs) at illegal pete's um, but that's because he's a man of mystery. And Can I course, get tickets on the on the game time? You might be able to get tickets works? on the game okay. time app, right, but I have to there. wait till the last minute. Right, so that's and why the, that's why I haven't told but you. But if yet, you yeah. do, if you do, you'll save up to sixty percent off when you buy <laughs> tickets last minute on the game time app. And the best way to support us is by buying your tickets for tonight through the show link in the description. Uh, well, we thank you guys so much. Big shout out to Steve Gilbert for being here. Can't wait to get out to Salt River Fields next week. Keep an eye out for our change of schedule because we will be moving the show so we can make it out there for workouts and to chat with some of these Diamondbacks players. But we will be back tomorrow. Until then, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at Cap underscore Caveman with a K. This guy's at Jesse N. Friedman. Our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs. But of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. The Charlotte Webs, Derek. The Charlotte Webs. The I'm people, with it. The people kind of like the I'm idea. I'm just saying. I'm with it. Uh, I'm with it. <laughs> But uh, we appreciate you guys for being here. Thank you so much, as always, on behalf of Leah, Jesse, and myself. We thank you for your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you get lost driving Luis Gonzalez to the baseball ballpark. (laughs)